Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. You know what, Jim? I've been thinking. For quite a while I've been thinking, actually, and recently thinking more about... The MCU in general, from Iron Man starting it in 2008 to Endgame 2019 and beyond, do you think that Endgame was the end for the MCU? Because I'm really starting to think that it was the beginning of the end. Now we're in for the downfall. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain the level of success that they've had. What do you think? Endgame has a difficult encore. The MCU deserves a lot of credit for what it accomplished. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, in case you, for some reason, don't know what MCU stands for. And why the fuck would you be listening to this? (laughs) I think the MCU deserves a lot of credit for what it accomplished. I do agree with you. I have concerns about whether or not Endgame was the end. But before we dive into that, just to take a, a nod to acknowledge what the MCU has done so far for superhero movies. Live action. Movies movies. in general. Movies in general, but I would argue especially superhero movies. Yeah, Yeah, they've set the bar. They've set the bar, which is both good and bad uh, in terms of now they've set a bar so high for superhero movies. A lot of times, a lot of people who were non-MCU live action superheroes were compared to it. It's like, is this as good as what you would get from the MCU? So they did set a standard. Uh-huh. And then now they're working almost against themselves and whether or not they can do better than what they've already done. But before we had the MCU, part of it was movie making technology. Part of it was superhero movies going mainstream and, and audiences wanting to see superhero movies. But for, for a while there, and but for a while, I guess, the 90s and early 2000s, we didn't get great superhero movies. Right. And, and the ones that we got, for the most part, were standalone. I mean, there were some mini franchises. I mean, we had, like, stretches of times with, like, Batman movies being played by the same actor. The Nolan trilogy probably being the biggest example of that. Mm-hmm. Although even Batman 89 and its sequel with Michael Keaton. We had Superman movies with a couple of different actors. Multiple movie arcs there, uh, including the most recent Snyderverse stuff, which I don't like. But we also had a lot of stuff where it was just, like, It was rare, especially if you say Batman. There wasn't a lot of continuity and consistency. Up up to this point, we had, you had the 70s Superman movies. Like there was, what, five of those? Yeah. And then we had the Batman 89 series-ish. And you said two movies and then the other ones were in the same, but not really in the same. You had the X-Men movies, Uh, which, I mean, at the time were fantastic. And then you go back and look at them and go... Oh, they were only good because we were nerds and that's all we had. Yeah. And I would argue same with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I think they were only good because it's all we had. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of competition. So yeah, we had this couple of different multi-movie arcs with the same actor playing live-action Spider-Man. But like I said, at the time that those movies were out, 
and even the Batman movies we were referring to, they were at the time pretty much the only superhero movies around mm -hmm. at the time that they were being uh, in theaters and stuff. So they had very little competition. Right. And like you said, looking back now, some of those weren't really as good as we might have thought they were because it was all we had at the time. Right. They did a very good job of having a, a plan, kind of an idea of where they were going to go if it worked. So like the first movies that were coming out, they hinted at a possible bigger universe down the line, but they didn't rely on the bigger universe down the line. But then as we got further along, you needed the other movies and more movies to come in order to finish a story. So even though these movies concluded in Endgame, they didn't even come close to concluding in Endgame because everything was still set up for something bigger. That and the fact that the other thing the MCU needs to be credited for is the idea of crossovers, team-up movies. Yeah. The whole Avengers concept. I mean, we've both lamented at many times of how one live-action movie exception, we've basically not seen any of Batman's family. The Bat family has been woefully underrepresented in live-action, and even in Spider-Man movies, we saw more of the villains, but not that there were a lot of other characters, although could be. But mm -hmm. the idea of Spider-Man interacting with like the X-Men or other crossovers that were common in comic books or animation, most of the superhero movies up until the MCU was like, it was a superhero, it had their movie, and they didn't really interact with others. The X-Men were unique in the sense that they already were like a team-up movie from the beginning. Yeah. So we had a couple of standalone movies because Hugh Jackman was popular and Wolverine was a popular character. But other than that, it was exceptional that the MCU also brought us the Avengers. Right. So it's not all of the standalone movies were great, but the fact that they were connecting together, so there was connectivity and consistency in terms of there was an overarching story arc and there were individual characters, most of which got their own movies, not everybody. Mm -hmm. Hulk kind of like borrowed his story from the pre-MCU Hulk movies. And then we didn't get, until recently, we didn't get a Black Widow movie. We we're going to get a Hawkeye series. But not that we needed a Hawkeye series, but the main individual characters like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor were introduced with their own movies. And then we got the Avengers. Yeah. And not all of the additional standalone movies. They're not terrible, but the second and third Iron Man movies weren't great. I could have done with Iron Man and the Avengers. <laughs> so not all of those standalone movies were necessary, but at least enough to establish the characters on their own with their own stories and then bringing them together. And not just once. That's the other thing that was a little bit unique about the MCU. If all they had done was just a couple of those standalone movies and then the one, the first Avengers movie, that still would have been unique in terms of superhero movies. Right. And then if that's all they had done, hey, you know what? That, that one thing that Marvel tried to do that one time was pretty cool. But no, they did it for like over a decade of multiple group movies, standalone movies, interconnected, you know, team up movies. And, and, and not only that, but like, so one of the biggest concerns in like the Batman movies is if Batman knows Superman, why doesn't he just call Superman and be like, hey, come help me? <laughs> and in the MCU, they do that. Right. You know, they're like, oh, hey, I need a wizard. Hey, Doctor Strange, can you help me out here? Mm -hmm. And they go see Doctor Strange. This isn't a Doctor Strange movie. What's he doing here? <laughs> well, he's just hanging out in, in his in his crib, and, you know, they're, they're, they're just, they're just going to go visit him. You know, mm -hmm. have a little magic, ma magic moment. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, I mean, one of the Captain America movies, Civil War, was technically a Captain America movie. Yeah. But it was almost a full-blown Avengers movie because most of the Avengers are in it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that whole idea, too, is like you can have characters can show up in other people's movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, what they accomplished and the, the foresight to do that, you said they tried some things to decide if this works, maybe we'll run in this direction. Mm -hmm. But they also had big ideas like Thanos was a, a relatively long time coming. Right. That they built up to with Infinity War and, and Endgame. And, you know, again, it all it deserves a lot of credit. And maybe we take it for granted now for what the MCU accomplished to get us to Endgame. And now it's like it's not surprising that we're now starting to feel a little bit disappointed with the post-Endgame MCU. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if disappointed is, is even the right word for me. It's just, I don't know if they can live up to it. We went and saw Shang-Chi, and you had a really good analogy, a really good idea that you came up with after that. You want to dive into that for everybody? My immediate response to seeing Shang-Chi was that that was solidly okay mm -hmm. was my two-word review but then i also said i felt like we're chasing the mcu dragon not only because there's literally a dragon in shang chi but the phrase chasing the dragon comes from drug culture of thoughts once you get a high you're always chasing to get a high as good or better than the high you had before and in drugs your, your body's once you start to build up a tolerance to the drug you need to take more of the drug in order to get Mm -hmm. high again so i think we've gotten so high on how good marvel superhero movies are that that's why for me a more casual fan they're somewhat disappointing to me because they're they don't have the same level of excitement as the earlier movies could shang chi was solidly okay but it's like it felt very formulaic to me it was unique in the sense that it was an asian superhero but everything else seemed kind of cookie cutter mm -hmm. and even though it was well done I was like, eh. And that's been kind of my reaction to most of the post-Endgame stuff is, it's not bad, but it doesn't seem to be as good as yeah. what came before or what led up to Endgame. Yeah, for me, along those lines, what you said earlier about, you know, they, they hinted at Thanos, and they, they took their time building up to Thanos, mm -hmm. and then Endgame happens. And Endgame was fucking huge with universe-wide implications. My fear, and so far it feels pretty warranted, is that they went too big too soon in the universe. And I don't mean they set the bar too high and they're never going to be able to reach it as far as quality goes. I mean they went too big in the universe too soon. They went from street-level Iron Man to war hero Captain America, but still fighting basically humans or just barely above humans. And Thor is a god, but he's working in god realms. And then they jumped into Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy in these huge space adventures, which is cool. But where do you go from here? Because it was a stretch to get the general audience into Thanos. Now, I've seen Eternals. You have not. But all I basically just walked you through the movie before we get, came in here. I feel like if they take a step back from how big they made the universe, it's going to be disappointing. That was kind of what I was referring to when I say some things seem disappointing. Yeah. Because once you have the whole battling against Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet universe-level scale, 
yeah. fighting a flying dragon above a lake in the mountains. Again, Shang-Chi was, was not a bad movie. Right. But that third act climactic battle was very, eh. I just, we've saw the entire universe after battle Thanos. You're down a notch. Yeah. I, I know it's a standalone movie compared to the giant culmination team-up movies, but it seemed wimpy by comparison. It just wasn't very climactic. Right. I mean, and, and not even that. I mean, even jumping into Ultron so quickly. Yeah. Like, like what are they going to do now? Now are the Avengers going to go back and fight MODOK? <laughs> I mean, you go from, okay, there's a, an alien invasion. All right, that was, that was a cool Avengers movie. And then you go Ultron, who is destroying the human race. All right, that, that's going to take the Avengers. And then, bam, Thanos, half of the fucking universe is dead. And then you're going to go to giant floating head. I mean, where do you go? You, you, you step back into other what would-be Avengers-level villains. They're not going to live up to the standard that Thanos brought in. But then, as if you haven't seen Eternals, I'm not really spoiling anything here, but then you go into Celestials and, like, huge, like, creators and keepers of the universe is the next step up. If you're not a nerd, you're not going to appreciate that. And if they're already busting out Celestials, we're only just over a decade into these movies. Where are they going to go 10 years from now? Five years from now, even? I mean, they're already busting out Multiverse. How long did comic books run before they got to the point where they had to bust out Multiverse? Well, it also comes back to, like, who are the movies for? Yeah. I would argue early on, superhero movies were for nerds. Like we were talking about earlier, just the Batman, Superman, Spider-Man stuff. And even some of the early stuff for the MCU, the general audience probably didn't know a lot of the storylines or the characters. Right. I mean, most people probably weren't confused. Oh, Captain America, okay, Iron Man, eh, okay. They could get the idea behind it. It didn't, it didn't yeah. hurt the fact that charismatic actors played these characters and brought them to life in a way that, like we've talked before about how Cinematic Thor is not the same as comic book Thor. Mm -hmm. But Chris Helmsworth, for various reasons, brought that character to life in a way that it can appeal to beyond just a nerdy audience. Right. Now, superhero stuff has gone so mainstream, I'm not sure if people, when they watch a superhero movie now, care about some of the stuff that you're talking about. They're just, hey, look, beautiful people kicking ass and stuff happens. Yay. I don't know if they're worrying about so much about the, the nerdy level stuff. Like, I've, we have some friends who thought Shang-Chi was an amazing movie. To me, solidly okay. Wasn't bad, but it's like, really? That was an amazing movie? Okay. But I guess if you're not really looking for it to do anything spectacular, comic book scale or superhero scale, mm -hmm. and you just want to enjoy a movie for being a movie, maybe that's what works more. But like, I agree that at the end game going so big so fast, it does leave very little for the MCU to go for because the end game storyline, it was not just the characters, but the actors who portrayed those characters. And we spent a decade with them and we saw them in all sorts of different stories and confrontations and then culminating with end game. It seems very difficult for where we go after that. Yeah. For various reasons, but yeah, it, it feels almost like a, a step down. But like you said, like, how do you go? Maybe they did go too big, too fast, but also where do you go next? Right. In terms of, of that. But part of that is probably hurt for, for much more important reasons than movies. But the post endgame world 
like Chadwick Boseman's loss as a human being was far more terrible than his loss as an actor. But Black Panther would have been such an amazing character going forward in The Avengers. I don't even care what they do in Black Panther 2. There's no replacing Chadwick Boseman. Right. Black Panther is no longer going to be as good of a character as he could have been if we didn't lose him. Yeah. So that's such a tremendous loss, again, for more important reasons than movies. But we lost that. We were going to have him, Doctor Strange, which they brought in very late in the yeah. Endgame thing, and then Wanda as a Scarlet Witch. They had the potential to maybe have a, a core group of characters that they could have done some stuff with. But it's just not going to be quite as good as Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Right. And that whole Iron Man, Captain America dynamic. Leaving aside the whole scale of the comic book movies, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be able to to capture it. Now I think we're just, we're down to, I don't mean this in a bad way, we're down to like the Paul Rudd. Paul Ruddness of the MCU. They can <laughs> still be funny. Yeah. The MCU movies will always have good comedic elements to them. But I don't know if they're going to feel the same way to me. I'm not really looking forward to any of the casual Marvel fan. I wasn't really, there was nothing post-Endgame that I really needed to see. I didn't go see Eternals with you last night because I really don't care. I, I will eventually see it. Yeah. I had no great desire to see it. We saw Shang-Chi its opening weekend. I could have skipped that movie as well. There's not a lot that I would say that I'm looking forward to in the MCU. And even me as a big Marvel fan, I'm not really, I'm not counting down to these. I'm curious mm -hmm. to see where they go, but I'm not like leaping off my chair, running to the theater for these. I, I went and saw Eternals last night on opening night, just simply because I'm not going to have time to go see it over the weekend. Otherwise, I would have waited till probably Sunday or something. I just didn't want it to be ruined in headlines before I got a chance to see it. So I just went and saw it because otherwise it'd be another week or so to go see it. I mean, that's the other thing. I don't really care about spoilers, but I mean, I care even less about spoilers now. Yeah. None of the, the new stuff that comes out has that same level of, of effect on me. I, I mean, I remember looking forward to at least the Avengers movies leading up to Endgame. I really wanted to see those movies. I also thought that they did it. The thing that I think is also losing its effect in terms of chasing the dragon, one of the things that they did that they did well, not only with the standalone movies, contributing the major indi individual actors, but also how even like the smaller, like how Black Widow and Hawkeye just showed up as like minor characters before the Avengers movies, mm. like Black Widow hanging out with Tony Stark and Hawkeye, you know, hanging out in the Thor movie yeah. so that they didn't have to have their own standalone movies yet. But also they did a good job of towards the end. I criticized it at the time when we saw it, that I thought it was a cop out, but I understood why in Infinity War, the newer Avengers got snapped away. But I thought they did a good job of introducing like the new wave of like bringing in Spider-Man close to the end game, bringing in Doctor Strange close to end game, bringing in Black Panther close to end game to set up so that they had some characters that would be becoming the forefront post end game was a excellent planning. But I'm not as excited about those characters. Yeah. Another thing that I've been thinking about that I think is going to make things confusing and more difficult is at first as they're setting these up the movie's actually concluded like each movie had a beginning a middle and an end and now they seem to have a beginning a middle and a to be continued yes they have a major third act problem now yeah i would argue was a 
defining characteristic and strength of the MCU that differentiated it from the other mini franchises we referred to earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there were some of the standalone movies early on that seemed to be more standalone. But as we got closer and closer to Endgame, and especially in the post-Endgame world, yeah. it seems like there is no third act anymore. It's the beginning, middle, and to-be-continued its strength of, hey, this connects to something, the story is going to continue, it connects to the wider universe and stuff like that, but now that's kind of almost annoying to me. Yeah, because they've got, they've set up so many story arcs now, I think that's where it's going to get confusing. Like, yes. Okay, are we going towards Adam Warlock and bigger universe problems with the Celestials and everything now? Are they going towards the Scroll War? Are they going towards multiverse, like, there's so many different things happening at the same time. And that's where I say too big too soon also is you're going to start losing the casual audience because they're not going to be able to follow what's going on. Now, they so far they've been pretty good about explaining things in each movie in a way so that you can kind of stay up to it. But I think how big they are right now with how many different storylines they're trying to juggle, I think it's going to get difficult. And I think it's going to be too confusing. You know, for people that... Maybe you're not a Thor fan, so maybe you're not going to go see Love and Thunder. Well, if you don't see Love and Thunder, is the next movie going to make sense? Yeah, like casual fans who skip WandaVision. Right. Are they going to be confused by, what's the Scarlet Witch? Which, again, to comic book or animation fans, we already know. Right. Or Vision's back? Is he? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could see something like that. I, I argued... In our unaired episode, I argued how (laughs) absolutely pointless the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is. Yet to be. (laughs) Mike keeps promising that he'll eventually, at some point, edit together the 1,200 hours of footage we recorded for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try to keep it under 14,000 hours. (laughs) But I would argue that you could skip the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because at the end of Endgame, you know that Steve passes the shield to Falcon and he's the new Captain America and Bucky's not the Winter Soldier. So if you just see them in the next movie, and Falcon's Captain America, and Bucky's not the Winter Soldier, I would argue you wouldn't be confused. You'd just be like, oh, cool new outfits. Yeah, exactly. You might be a little bit... They're conf- friends now? They're friends now? You might be a little bit confused of, why does Wanda have a new outfit, and why is she all witchy? So WandaVision might have been the more important of the recent post-Endgame, which actually is odd, because it was the first post-Endgame thing. But I don't think you would really lose much from some of the other stuff. Like, yeah, I was disappointed with the Loki series because it pretty much didn't even tell its own or finish telling its own story. It just basically, hey, stuff is coming. But kind of to, I guess, to your point and even the joke I think that they did make in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like, oh, what is it? Is it space? Is it wizards? Is it aliens? I mean, like there's like category. Is it the multiverse? Like, it's like all these like big things. So we have the Guardians of the Galaxy and outer space stuff and Captain mm-hmm. Marvel. We have magical stuff with Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch and the multiverse of stuffy stuff. And <laughs> Multiverse <laughs> of stuffy stuff. <laughs> Write that down, folks. That was the working title. It was gonna, not, not Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. It was going to be Doctor Strange in the multiverse of stuffy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you're right. It's going to get kind of like confusing as like, especially because like for me, I've been thinking a lot about, I watch a lot of procedural television shows Mm -hmm. and procedural television is very repetitive. There's a formula, they repeat it episode after episode and season after season, which where each season sort of ends with maybe there'll be another season. 
we don't know if we're going to get renewed, so here's a cliffhanger type of thingy, or maybe an open-ended storyline that maybe gives us another season. And now all the movies kind of do that now too, but it becomes sort of very formulaic. But the two ways that you try to like reinvigorate something that's becoming formulaic, one is time travel, which they already did that in Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, I complained when we went to see it, I groaned as like at the end of Infinity War. It's like, well, obviously they're just going to use time travel and Endgame to undo what Thanos did. Like Back to the Future? Yes, like Back to the Future. At least Endgame used time travel in a more interesting way. And the fact that they brought everybody back, but they didn't go back in time to when the snap happened and just undo the snap. Oh, yeah. That would have been the laziest way to do it. They actually brought everybody back, but created the confusion of, but it's still five years later. Yeah. So they created an interesting story space there, which I would argue that they've since largely abandoned and don't want to do much with. But the other way to deal with, hey, do you want to just like, if we need to retcon something or change our mind about something or undo something that we would like to change because we want to keep going? Multiverse it. Yeah. That person's not really dead. Or hey, that character's back, but they're played by a different actor. But it's okay. Multiverse. And then for and that's gonna annoy the crap out of me going forward. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I was going towards earlier was if they're already hitting the time travel multiverse crutches mm-hmm. because they're running out of story, it doesn't look good for the future. And also I would argue too part to your too big too fast thing too is the ridiculous power level too. Yeah. Like like Captain Marvel is is super, super, super duper powered. Yeah. And then you have the boundless chaos magic of Wanda. So, I mean, you have this, like, explosion way above, like you would say before, like, street-level heroes, which they had Marvel television shows on Netflix for the actual street-level heroes, like Daredevil and and Jessica Jones, which were great shows. But now we have, like, we were, I was lamenting when we did our What If episode that really the, one of the What If episodes, really Hawkeye and Black Widow are the two people who survived on one (laughs) of the Earths because they're the only two non-superpowered people that are in the Avengers. Now we have super, super ridiculously powered people. Right. It's just like, how do you make a a villain that is as good as Thanos or is as powerful to face off against a particular hero without making the other characters superfluous? It seems like they've become a victim of their own success in a way. Yeah. And it's not that it can't be done, but it's going to take a lot of setup, you know, a lot more setup. And they got to be able to keep making interesting stories in order to set those up. Do you think that people are going to be willing to wait for those things to unravel? Like, again, 10, 12 years or whatever that the from the beginning, from Iron Man to Endgame. Mm-hmm. Not that everything that happened in that span was you delayed for 10 years waiting to see what was going to happen. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it's still built to a culmination. I don't know if they're going to have an arc that could go that far or take that long to unravel well i mean but they also started with one or two movies a year to now that's three or four or five movies a year so it's going to move a lot faster now at some point they're not going to be making enough money to keep making them i worry that it's going to happen sooner than we want there's going to be because there's so many open stories that are set up already they keep on opening more and more stories 
eventually they're going to stop making these and there's going to be 20 open stories that we're going to be frustrated what the fuck happened which has already kind of happened you got i mean you've got the amazing spider-man movies that were supposed to have a sequel that didn't you've got that already in a couple areas that people have been frustrated about like i wanted more of that story where did it go it's just gonna happen and we're never gonna get some stories that we were hoping like planet hulk would it make any sense? I'll talk to to do World War Hulk. Yeah, they're going to do World War. So Planet <clears throat> Hulk was kind of already done in Thor. True. So yeah, we'll see what happens with the other Hulk movie, which is the sequel. I mean, you don't... Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to do that because without the full story of Planet Hulk, you don't get World War Hulk. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Well, I guess to your earlier point, is like maybe it would have been better for it to have just ended with Endgame. And then just tell other stories. Because one of the other problems that they're having with is characters. Like the characters that they have to go to now. Like, again, I don't know a lot about them. Like Shang-Chi and the Eternals. I had never heard of them. Right. But to be fair, most people hadn't heard about Iron Man either. That's true. Yeah, Iron Man was probably made good by Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Not that there weren't some interesting storylines for them to draw upon, but yeah, that that character got probably made larger than anyone, even who had some familiarity with comic books or animation, knew. But, I mean, people like Captain America and Thor and Hulk were, were not fringe characters, but now it's like they have to start plumbing the depths of comic book and animation yeah. for characters that we probably haven't heard of, both for good guys and bad guys. And in yeah. some of the movies that we have now, it's like, again, another pivotal moment in Spider-Man movie history is happening with No Way Home, sort of bringing Tom Holland's run to an end and maybe opening up a Spider-Verse type thing. Who knows? Yeah. And then I like Paul Rudd. I like the Ant-Man movies, but I mean, they're, to me, MCU comic relief. I don't really care if they go away. <laughs> I, I just feel like instead of opening up more storylines, like during the end game time frame mm-hmm. they would have just concluded that storyline and then gone back to individual movies i mean they are doing individual movies but like just gone back to standalone individual movies and then build back up into something team again where you know okay now they're off doing their own thing oh no something happens two movies down the line that they've got to call on help from somebody instead of everything tying together everywhere yeah, like if they had, because they brought magic in kind of late. If they had left like Wanda and Doctor Strange out of the Endgame timeline, and then post Endgame they started up the Magic Verse, because that would have been something yeah. different. Because they didn't really overlap with the didn't have to overlap with the other characters. And then the space stuff with Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel kind of overlaps a little bit with Thanos anyway. But they could have told other stories. Right. I mean, they still could tell other stories through Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel that are not on Earth. So they could have gone in that direction, too. But they seem to also be trying to bring things back a little bit with television series and also mm-hmm. a little bit with movies, which is the other thing that they branched out for yeah. with this year in terms of bringing it with WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and Hawkeye. What if? So, I mean, they're also bringing that stuff in, which is still in the post-endgame time frame, but it seems like a lot of, like, fodder and filler material for the next movies. Yeah, they're just setting up with those, yeah. And, and that's kind of where the fear comes from. And this is all speculation and fear. I'm like, I... Oh, yeah. Maybe it'll end up keep being amazing, and maybe they'll keep raising the bar. 
mm-hmm. and that would be awesome. I'm just worried that uh, Endgame was the end, and it's all downhill from here. I think it might have to be one of those things of, I still think of the MCU up to then is majorly all about the Avengers. I really like the team-up movies. I really like the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. Not, not that the standalone movies weren't good, but I really liked those movies as thinking of them as Avengers movies. And then if all we got was just a couple of standalone movies, like I would have been perfectly fine with a couple of Doctor Strange movies that didn't have anything to do with the Avengers. Yeah. That didn't intersect with them at all. Because now they have sort of the opposite problem. Like one of the things that annoys me about the upcoming Spider-Man movie is that Doctor Strange is going to be in it. Doctor Strange was originally supposed to be in WandaVision and they decided they pulled him out because they thought he would overpower WandaVision by having him included. Yeah. So they took him out of WandaVision. And now he's going to be in Spider-Man. And then now with the way that they're overlapping things with the multiverse, now it just seems like almost kind of the opposite of what we were saying earlier about how it's kind of nice that the other characters showed up in the other characters' movies. Mm -hmm. Now it feels annoying to me that the characters are everywhere. See, it would be annoying two ways. For you, it's annoying that why can't we just have a standalone without other characters in it? But then if we did get a standalone without other characters in it, There'd be the, well, where where were the other people? They've created a no-win scenario. They're really going to have to pull some shit out of their asses in order to succeed. It would be okay if the individual movies didn't have to connect to the team-up movies. Yeah. Like, you can still do, like, individual storylines with different characters, and then every now and then do an Avengers movie that brings the characters together. For something like completely unrelated to anything that was happening Mm -hmm. in any of the standalone movies. Just, hey, let's just have a team-up movie and and have them fight against something or some storyline. As opposed to the way things are going now where everything is sort of like, here's a little bit of this, but it connects to something that you will have to wait five years to see the next Avengers movie. Which is one of the things I was complaining about earlier this year when we started to watch the TV series. It's like, yeah, I enjoy WandaVision, but now I have to wait two years before we, I mean, she's going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie, but then when are we going to see the next her movie? Or yeah, now it just seems like it's anno- like Loki annoyed me. It's like Loki ends without really finishing its own story. There's going to be a second season of it, but still it's like finish that fucking story instead of just saying, hey, there's a multiverse. So Loki also be will be in the Doctor Strange movie and stuff will happen. It's like, I just want the story now. I don't want to have to wait two, three, four years to finish the story. You can be standalone and team up without having to connect things. Well, I mean, look at the original. I mean, the first Avengers movie only was tied in just because the Loki was in Thor as well. Right. They made that connection. They could have done it otherwise, because other than that, that was the first time that they had met. Yeah. Age of Ultron. They were just kind of hanging out, and then Ultron happened. It didn't fit in with any of the other movies. Exactly. Yeah, there's ways to do it, and Mm -hmm. hopefully they do it well. Uh, Again, I just worry that there's so much going on, and they're so intertwined, it's going to be very difficult to tell individual stories. And and I think they're going to start losing people that aren't going to be able to keep up, or they'll just lose interest in them. And something we mentioned before, we've mentioned it many times, superhero fatigue. Superhero fatigue is real. It's something that, again, the MCU didn't have to fight against that at the beginning of its run. Because we didn't have a lot of superhero movies, so it became a victim of its own success. Yeah. But now, this definitely, the superhero fatigue, and, and I would argue even more specifically MCU fatigue, 
that's working against it. They're still going to be good and enjoyable, but I don't think they're going to be as good. Or at least not as successful. Yeah. And like you said, they really can't go small after having gone so big right? so fast. Telling smaller scale stories probably isn't going to resonate as well. Yeah. Well, at this point, I feel like we've almost concluded this conversation. So we'll just wait and talk about it again in another year or so. <laughs> what do you think? Should we include a post credit scene or something? <laughs> That's overdone. That's so last year. Well, that's the other thing that the MCU kind of invented. Yeah. That has almost become annoying. That even when you don't go to an MCU movie, people are fucking sitting there waiting for the credits for any movie. Is there going to be a post credit scene? Well, and it used to be the people that cleaned the theaters would just kind of like chill out and wait because they knew there was a post credit scene. So they would just wait mm-hmm. until it was over. Now the credits start. They come in. They start cleaning. They go away for the mid-credit scene. Then they come in and start cleaning again. Then they go away for the post-credit scene. Then they wait for everybody to leave to finish. <laughs> so even the movie theater people are getting fucking sick and tired of the yes. mid-credit and post-credit scenes. They're like, God damn it, get out of here so we can clean during the credits. That way we can turn around the movies faster. Damn it. Movies should end when the credits roll. Which is now. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at FanboyandHater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.